You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I'll be the co-host of the show, as always. And as always, joining me is Joe Pritchard. Joe, how are you doing? Are you doing better than the Saskatchewan Eagles? I would think just about anybody is. Um, just a side note before we get moving too far, I, I'll keep the poop jokes to a minimum because our friends over at Piffles Podcast did a wonderful job of that and uh, getting as many of those to the show as possible uh, just to give themselves a little bit of something to cheer them up after that uh, after having now watched that game <laughs> well it was a great game from one perspective <laughs> right that was uh, fun just like that other game uh, to close out the weekend that was fun from one perspective not so much from another, and not so much from the fantasy perspective. But again, we can talk about this later on. Because, boy, did I get screwed in fantasy because of Calgary. Those bastards. And in any case, let's run through last week's games. Uh, some interesting, some not so interesting. A lot of blowouts. <laughs> in any case, let's start at the beginning. As always, Montreal leads off week. Montreal Alouettes 31, BC Lions 10 in Montreal. Wouldn't have expected this four weeks ago. Would have had different quarterbacks four weeks ago. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, do you remember what I told you last week, Joe, about about a, a, a good drive at the start of the first quarter, a good drive at the start of the second half? you remember what I told you? Mm -hmm. Do you also okay. remember what I told you about who was going to win the game? <laughs> of course uh, of course but so you know bc goes down the field okay it looks pretty good looks pretty good stall don't get the field goal okay now normally you'd panic in this situation if nathan o'rourke were the starter for bc you might panic in this situation ah, all right it's going to be a long evening for the Alouettes, you know, it's going to be what a forty burger from BC, but no. And and I just got to say, I mostly wanted to talk about BC, so so I'll just get right on this. I got to say, BC is the poster child now for the importance of that second string quarterback. I mean, just look at what has happened to this team since. Nathan O'Rourke has gone down. They've gone through three quarterbacks. They're 0-2. And in this game, they're scoring 10 points and giving up 31. They're losing by three touchdowns. Okay? Unheard of in the first third of this season. And I went back today, got nostalgic, and looked at who? Who, who does this team begin to remind you of, Joe? Can you guess it? I'll listen to what you got to say. The 2015 Hamilton Tiger Cats started mm -hmm. that season eight and three and looked unfrickin' beatable through most of it. Zach Claris goes down. They finish what two and five, get bounced by 
the Red Blacks in the playoffs. Is this the fate of the Lions this year? I mean, because th- this this was brutal with Pipkin and Adams this week. Two points, though, to make off of that. One, O'Rourke, or it's not O'Rourke. He's not Irish, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Nathan Rourke. I'm getting too excited. The, the, the Irish pub can wait till later. We got a show to do. Uh, secondly, they are on their... Th- Pipkin was third string because O'Con- uh, O'Connor got hurt. Mm-hmm. So you go Rourke, O'Connor get hit the second string getting hurt right away. So number three is Pipkin. And four is at this point Vernon Adams, who it was taking starting reps in practice today. So we'll probably see him this week. Well, I just I just really got the feeling that no quarterback for BC was prepared to play this game. No, not I this mean, week. I mean you don't you, know, you don't give your third stringer a ton of reps during the season. <sighs> Having your second stringer go down right after the first stringer doesn't give the third stringer a lot of time to catch up. This game was a write-off from the get-go, which is why I picked Montreal. Adams needed a week or two to get his get his feet wet. I think given that he's most likely to go this weekend. Now we'll start testing the theory as to whether they're completely screwed without their quarterbacks. Yeah, <laughs> I I would definitely be leaning that way. My other question is this. Okay, O'Connor is not prepared to step in, or is he still in concussion protocol or something? Uh, he, I think he was listed as third string this past week, but he's definitely wow. still not. He's still not. If he was 100%, he's starting that game. No doubt about it in my mind. You think? Okay. Yes. All right. Now you but have then- Adams. You have Adams. You've had him for, right. at this point, you're going to have him for 10 days. He's shown he could start in the league. You're probably going to roll with him the rest of the way if you went out and got him, especially for a first-round pick. But I think O'Connor would have probably rode from you know, a couple weeks to replacing Rourke for at least a month before they would done anything until he got hurt yeah i just i I just don't know how you can play the shell game with your quarterbacks at this point in the season they must have been willing to just throw this game away i mean it looked like they had a quarter about a quarter's worth of plays ready for pipkin they had a quarter's worth of plays ready for adams and then they got a whole half for what they improvised i mean you know it's just like wow it was it was very ugly for Lions fans. No, this game was just was a write-off based yeah. on based on the timing of the quarterback injuries, too. Had there been in two or three weeks in between, Pipkin's right. taken back, backup reps for three, four weeks. Mentally, you know the playbook, but the offense coordinator's gotta have a sense of, gotta have a sense that he needs a game plan for you too, potentially. Mm-hmm. And when you go from one, two, three that quickly, it's really hard to turn around and go, okay. This is the game plan we have for this guy now. Nevertheless, after the 3-0, it was pretty much all Montreal. Uh, wanted to give props to the play of the week in the CFL. Uh, of course, if you've seen the game, if you've seen the highlights, you know on the reverse, here's Eugene Lewis getting the ball. Way too far back in the backfield, but you know, does this sweet spin move on uh, Gaucham, 
and then throws this total duck. I mean, it's not even a duck. It's like a goose. It's like a, it's like a Led Zeppelin up there, right? And which is intercepted by Gary Peters. Peters loses it. Ball gets bubbled out of bounds. BC's last the to ball. But man, that really that wreaked a little bit of havoc. Loses fantasy stats there. <laughs> throwing the gratuitous interception, which was not even held on to. So, uh, but definitely Add play, gunslinger play to his label. Yeah, play all the things he is. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, man, if he had completed that pass, wow. I mean, just make him the East Conference MOP right there, right there. Uh, after what he's been doing catching the ball this season. Right. Let's go on to uh, Toronto Argonauts 24, Ottawa Red Likes 19. I got to say, we're several days out from this game, and I was prepping for the show, and I got to say, I drew a lot of blanks thinking about this game. And then just, you know, going through the highlights to kind of refresh my memory that these Ottawa games, man, they're not very suspenseful when you know the Red Blacks just aren't capable of scoring a touchdown, which they really aren't. I mean, in this game, yeah, sure, they did in the fourth quarter when they're already down, what, 24-9, to I think it was, 24-6 even, maybe fewer. Um, you know, so not much to say about this game. I mean, you know, it's funny because you look at the statistics – uh, just do a blind look at the statistics, and everything is pretty much equal except for that Ottawa had three sacks, which might be their season high, versus Toronto's one, and basically the play of Curly Gibbons, who had eight catches on uh, eight catches for 161 yards, wow, and a touchdown. I mean, but basically, stat-wise, that's the only thing that's different. I mean. I guess the only question is, should we be concerned that Toronto only put up 24 points? No, it's a road game. It's against a defense that it, that's not a bad defense. The numbers that they give up are a lot have a lot to do with the offensive the offense's inability to hold the ball and move the ball. That defense, if you give them an adequate offense, an average offense, they win in the East. <laughs> they don't have that. Well, I think they might get pass rush too, is the thing, because they just haven't been good at at pressuring quarterback at all this season. So, okay, yeah. So, pretty much status quo in the East. Toronto holds on to first place there with this win. Uh, last two games of the weekend. Wow. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers fifty four, Saskatchewan Roughriders twenty, and Calgary Stampeders fifty six at Edmonton Elks. 28. The futility continues for the Elks at home in Edmonton. Um, I was talking to Joe a little bit about this. That other professional football league started playing this past weekend. And, jeez, I mean, to me, the Bombers and the Stamps looked a lot like the Bills and the Chiefs completely taking care of business, just destroying the competition and really making it clear that they are the class of their respective leagues. I, in the case of the NFL already, in the case of the CFL, exactly at the right time when they should be doing so. Um, first up, just real quick, I, because I, I'm sure you'll enjoy 
uh, talking about this briefly, Joe, even if we're not going to do any any hoop jokes. Uh, unlike the stamps against the bombers, it seemed to me that the riders pretty much got worse against the bombers in each of the four games they played against them. Um, I don't know. I mean, when 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 the bombers are are putting in Drew Brown and letting him throw some passes, and he's getting a touchdown out of it. Um, wow. I mean. After this, there's really no viable way for the riders to get to the cup, right? I mean, it's just not going to happen. No, and I mean, there's a lot of talk about the riders going through the East because they're most likely going to be the crossover team. But that requires an, an undisciplined team to go win two road games against. Yeah. We know Montreal has potential to be good. They gave the riders good games early on in the season when they were still, when Montreal was still trying to figure out who they were this year. Uh, then Toronto, who's a lot more disciplined than Saskatchewan, isn't going to roll over at home either. Yeah. Either uh, of I, those teams can beat the Riders right now. Either of those teams. Yeah. yeah. And right. and given two cracks at it, one of them does. Great. That's a great way to look at it. I'll take that. Um, meanwhile, Bombers, awesome as always. Uh, Stamps, meanwhile, um, really, I don't know. It was a blowout and everything, but I don't know. I, I did really enjoy this game. I didn't have a pony in this race, I didn't, so to speak. I didn't have any bets in this game or anything. I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed watching uh, the Stamps go to work. And, and for a long time, I was loving how they're playing havoc with fantasy by getting uh, Tommy Stevens, 10 carries, four of which went for touchdowns. I mean, the ultimate vulture performance in fantasy, Joe, got to be, right? Biggest one I can remember. I'm sure. Yeah, I that, that was insane. I do remember Sean McGuire having like three and two in back-to-back weeks last year, Labor Day band. Yes, yes. But in four and one game that, that I can't remember that happening. It probably has, but I've been paying closer attention to fantasy the past couple of years because I'm playing with the, with the CFPN group. So yeah, a good league. Yeah. Which I'll talk about in just a moment. Um, yeah, that was something else. I mean, literally he might've been the highest uh, scoring quarterback in the league this week. So that was pretty fun. Because in our league this week, there were two teams that basically played, at least two, that basically played all stamps, right? Of course, there's Ryan, did play all stamps. Then there was Brazilian Time of the Two and Out podcast, who I don't know why this happened. Maybe he turned his lineup in late. Maybe he's heard my rants about people who load up their fantasy rosters, all players from one team. Uh, but his team consisted of all stamps. And who from the Eskimos? Kevin Brown. Of course, because he's playing in his second CFL game. Of course, he's going to get, you know, 13 fantasy points. Of course, right? Makes total sense. Anyway, I had a pretty good week. And oddly enough, I had nobody in this game. Right? So all of my players were done. 
So I just had to sit. And you're there. just sitting there watching the score go up and up and up, right? And just hoping I've had. But I'm watching like the that, touchdowns yeah. getting vultured, right? And Kadeem Harry is out of the end zone. There's no touchdowns out of the quarterback. There's few passing touchdowns. Okay, I'm doing great because every time one of those touchdowns get vultures, it doesn't matter. He still has to get 60 yards rushing, or you know, uh, what would that be? Like a lot of yards passing to make up for those lost touchdowns, right? So I'm so I'm going, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Two minutes left, I'm up by five. Garbage time touchdown. Garbage time touchdown to Kadeem Carey. I'm done. Both of those guys won. One of the biggest, it's got to be a serious flipper in CFL fantasy games this week. It had to have been because a lot of people have carried these days. I usually do. But instead, I went with your quarterback. I went with Caleros, and that cost me a lot of money. So I couldn't I couldn't go with carry this week. And I'm sure a lot of people had carry. I'm sure that, that garbage time touchdown flipped a lot of uh, games. But even though I lost, it was a lot of fun. This was – that game was the most fun I've had playing fantasy football a lot. And really, I should get I you and Ty in the same room and just let you guys go on about your gambling misadventures. It was, <laughs> we would probably be able to have a podcast series about it. Oh, he's been, he's been terrible, but, you know, no bet was ever as bad as the one which gave him his name uh, back – and I'm sure, you know, he'll have nightmares about the Red Blacks for the rest of his life. <laughs> the Red Blacks and, and Hot Wax. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any case. Okay. So, fun games last week, kind of, for some people. Uh, let's talk the future. First off, we have one of Joe's favorite features this time of year. Playoff scenarios. Playoffs. Hit us, Joe. So, the playoff scenario for this uh, week. we go. Is a Winnipeg win and a Calgary loss means Winnipeg clinches a home playoff game, which means they clinch no worse than second. second. That, because they would be, they'd have 13 wins and Calgary would have five losses if that scenario shows up. up. And Winnipeg has a tiebreaker That's for Calgary. So Calgary couldn't catch them. BC could still theoretically catch them, but I don't see that happening at this point. So. Okay. I mean, at okay. this point, we're just marking time, but it's still fun to go over what could actually happen this week, right? right? Well, because in a few s- weeks, we're going to have some pretty crazy ones to go over. Right. So we'll, we'll start with the simple ones first, ease our way into it. Okay. I've got one for you. Okay. Because l- last week, we talked about this a little bit. And, you know, having losing teams in the playoffs and whatever, whatsoever. And, you know, this has been kind of discussed on CFL Twitter and things like this. So, I thought it would be interesting to see how many teams the CFL could have with losing records. Would you like to guess how many teams could have losing records? I'm going to say, just thinking about it, five feels right, but six might be in play. You could easily do seven. In fact, if you expand it to to 500, better than 500, two teams better than 500 is quite possible. 
Okay. I suppose that would mean a lot of Toronto losses because Ottawa's got a couple of Toronto games left, I want to say. Right. 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 See, okay. See, here's how it works. Now, this particular scenario I have come up with is the most extreme in that it requires Winnipeg and Calgary to win out and BC to lose out. BC losing out was the thing that made me be cautious right. between five and six. Right. Now, if they only have one win the rest of the way, they still end up nine nine. Right. So that's right. still in play. That's that's not completely unreasonable, but probably not gonna happen. So we're pretty much safe from that scenario. Probably we're gonna have three teams over five hundred. And BC's gonna kind of back into that, I think, at this point. But <laughs> what's really interesting is in the east, because in the east, uh, you could end up with and and pretty reasonably nothing so extreme needed you could easily end up with toronto eight and ten montreal anywhere from seven and eleven to nine and nine depending on their games with ottawa uh they split and hamilton six and twelve that's the, that's not nuts at all and in fact there are several variations in which three of these teams can be eight and ten uh and you could also have a situation where three of them are nine. No, I believe that's still possible. And, you know, of course, Winnipeg and the Stamps would be affected very much by the scenario. Now, a lot of the West now is going to depend on poor BC, which has two games against Calgary and two games against Winnipeg. And now Calgary has no more games against Winnipeg. Right, so BC is in kind of a similar situation to Hamilton, where if they don't go at least one in three, they're hurt. They're hurt, and they could easily lose all four of those games. Now, a couple of those are late in the season; it might already be decided. So, I think it's what? Who do they get later? Uh, Calgary, Winnipeg. Okay. Okay, they get it's Winnipeg. A, Winnipeg's late. last okay. two, and I think Winnipeg's oh, okay. sandwich is a buy in okay. there somewhere, too. Oh, okay. So Winnipeg could throw a couple of those away. But if the Stamps take both of those from BC, we're going to see Calgary clinching that number two pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's, that's totally in play right now. Yeah, and then BC is going to be fighting for their life not to cross over. <laughs> They're going to have to uh, win some games not to cross over. So, so not a lot, though. Basically, Winnipeg is in, could be in control of that crossover. <laughs> they could just roll over and let Saskatchewan crossover or beat BC both times and BC might cross over. So that's pretty wild to think about for those last two games. But we're still a few weeks away, so let's not get completely out of control. BC still has seven games left, those poor suckers. Well, then, anyway, that's what you get, I guess, when your bye week is week two or whatever. Week two and week yeah. four was it? They had a lot of early buys. Yeah, yeah, they had, they had that crazy buys at the beginning schedule, and you guys get all the buys at the end. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, it uh, was because our first one wasn't until week eleven, right? And it's week sixteen and week twenty, right? Nice. I mean, the schedule's right here from easy reference for me on my oh, phone. Oh wow, that's sweet. <laughs> right, uh, right as my background. That's easy. What kind of phone you got there, Joe? Not sponsored. Um, what do you have? That's that's one that's one of the fruit ones. 
If they pay me, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's talk next week's games. There's only a slate of three next week, Joe. Why? Going on. And three the week after. It's almost like they want to give you just a little bit of a break so you can indulge in, in NFL. college football being back and the NFL being back and not miss four, not miss as many CFL games, depending uh, on depending on your taste. I know some of us like to do those other things and some of us focus on more of just the CFL. But yeah, and, and if you're not focusing on the other leagues, hey, you got a chance to take a nice little fall breather. It's a break for you. Wow, that's a really positive spin. I, I for one, I really like it when the CFL has games on Sunday or the NFL has a freak Saturday game. I like watching the Colts at the same time, but I'm weird like that. All right, so short slate next week, uh, three games. Start off with Edmonton Elks. Seven-point underdogs, that's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, for the Elks, hey, it's the return of Trey Ford. How low is your opinion of the Riders at this point? Because so far this season, this is the classic Elks are given up for dead again, and then they actually put up the next week. And uh, the Riders, with Cody Fajardo hurt, and uh, Duke Williams hurt as well they might not be 100 percent. so i don't know do you think the outs cover the seven this is very tempting they could yeah i think they they have the capability of doing that they also have the capability of disappearing on you too <laughs> they've had a couple of games where they just didn't belong on the same field as the other team uh, saskatchewan's taken two losses from illnesses this year really they had a COVID issue earlier in the year and they had the stomach issue this past week so they take yeah they've probably taken that last week as a loss anyway that's just my opinion but that guaranteed it but they took they've taken they've had a lot of drama a lot of issues off the field and they're still in, in striking distance of 500 so they have enough talent to just just run Edmonton off the field if Edmonton's not having one of those days that they find delusions of adequacy. So be interesting to see which Edmonton team shows up, if they're going to play around with Trey Ford any, or if they're going to uh, go with the newly extended T- Taylor Cornelius for the duration mm-hmm. and see what he's got. Because if they've given him a two-year extension, clearly they think they've got at least the start of something there, and I can't argue too loudly against that. I mean, he's not Cornelius isn't a guy that we're talking about as a top three quarterback, but he seems to have a decent skill set, and he's had a couple of years of on the job training to learn. I mean, next year's make make a break for him, I'm sure, but I think he's at least earned that chance. Okay, uh, are you gonna go Riders? <laughs> I'm gonna go Riders. This one. In Regina, I mean, Edmonton is a win at home, but I don't think Saskatchewan at home with their backs against the wall, I think they're going to come out hot. Okay. All right. Well, I think I'm going to bet the Elks plus the seven. And just to be contrarian to Joe, I wouldn't necessarily advise this, but just to be contrarian to Joe, I'll take the Elks to win. Okay. 
there you go. Here's the scenario. It would make it would make the race for the crossover or the race for whether there is a crossover <laughs> a lot more interesting if Edmonton wins this game. In my scenario, there are possibilities for three teams to go eight and ten in the East and for the Lions to go eight and ten third place. So we could still uh, avoid the crossover. Um, but again, it would be very extreme. Uh, no, here's here's the scenario for you. Okay, I'll even bet this too. I'll bet riders um, win the first half. I'll take riders minus three and a half in the first half. Riders go up a half. Let's say, oh, let's give them 20 to 10. And then, you know, the Elks outscore them in the second half, 17 to 3. Why not? <laughs> you know, I think the Elks can string a couple of touchdowns together, especially if the Riders are playing foot off the pedal like they've been doing in the second half in these games. Or so, if there you go. Or if the, or if the, the illness, the fatigue is still lingering with them. Right. Their, their defense got blown off the field last week. They couldn't stay off. They yeah. couldn't get off the field. So, <laughs> yeah, that was something else, man. It, as crazy. a Bomber fan, it made me feel good about the offense showing that they could be explosive like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of games where the Bombers' offense will disappear for a quarter or two. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I got to say, though, we could talk about this Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, seven and a half point favorites at Hamilton. I got to say, the, you can't really say it about football, but to some extent, the Bombers are applying a little long-term vision on this season. Okay, I don't know if they're planning for the playoffs, but this is like the Yankees of the old days, okay? They know they're going to be in the playoffs at the end of the season, and they know that they can't break out all the plays and show everybody what they're doing all the um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're holding back a bit on the explosive plays just to, you know, keep those in the back pocket, you know, uh, for later. Uh, so I, you know, again, like, man, there is nothing to worry about these problems. I, I really, every week, I just can't believe how good they are. And there's just, there's no... Nothing stops these guys, you know, except for like overtime in Montreal. Nothing stops these guys. Um, and so I'm going to take them minus the points at Hamilton. I don't see anything out of Hamilton. I see them making trades for next season. Um, so I think the Bombers are just going to roll again without even trying. Ah, they'll have to try, but I'm taking Winnipeg as well. This yeah. does line up as a classic trap game. Yes. Wedge but the between bombers don't get trapped. Wedge, exactly. That was where I was going. It's wedged between three games with the Riders in a month. It's away in Hamilton, a place that's hard to play in. But Hamilton's not good enough to take advantage of that. Yeah. Winnipeg might even come out slow. It might be a close game and a half, but second half, forget it. Yeah, they're, they're covering this. They're covering a touchdown at some they are. They just are. I mean, it's, it's just don't. I mean, there's no way. There's no way you can logically bet the Thai Cats in this game, even with the points. There's just no way. It's just prove to me, Bombers, that you're not invincible. 
that, that I'll bet against you in any form. And until then, I'm just going to assume you're blowing everybody out. With it. All right. Close it with BC Lions. Six and a half point underdogs. Wow. The, the book is expecting last this week to look like last week. At Calgary Stampeders. Um, now this feels like a trap. You know, this feels like the stamps. You know, we just put up a 50 cent last week. We have a great offense now. We got a lot of weapons again. This dude, our quarterback, never throws an incomplete pass anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, and and BC doesn't even know who their quarterback is. So this, I think, feels like a trap game. But again, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm picking blowouts. Well, again, from Winnipeg and Calgary again. I think Calgary is going to roll. I think they're just finding their their groove right now. They're starting to look like those scary Stampeders teams of the teens. So, yeah, stamps by double figures this week. Me too. Uh, next week in BC might okay. help determine who is second place in the West, although I don't think BC is going to have the horses at this point to keep up with the stamps. Yeah. But, uh, but this week, it's ver- it's probably VA's first start in BC. I'd like to see another one, another one under his belt before I'm going to start making <laughs> any rash decisions on that. I'd be ha- I'd be happy. It'd be a fun story if he just showed up and went off and went crazy. But I'm also not going to bet on it either. I think it would be fun if we got like a real shootout. I think that would be great. And right. I kind of think, think that's next week. I think it VA is okay. going to take one week to get find a comfort level. At least he's going to need at least one week to find a comfort level, even with this talented group he's got. Right. But with that talented group of receivers, he's got people that might be able to bail him out the first week too. We've talked about this before. The 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 Lions right now are really an ideal situation for Fred. Uh, it's tempting to say it's an ideal situation for anybody, but you know, obviously, you know, a guy like Antonio Pipkin doesn't have the arm for this, you know. Um, plus, Adam still is mobile, okay, and that's a pretty decent run blocking line they have in BC as well. So, you know, again, this is an ideal situation for a Vernon Adams type now. Is Vernon Adams that type? I mean, this is as close as he's gotten now to University of Oregon, which is where he had the chief success in his career so far. Okay, this is the closest he's going to get to playing Ducks football again. So this week, excuses. Next week, no more excuses. That's nope. it. Man. Come on. He'll have, Calgary, he'll, have up, Calgary. He'll, he'll have a home game. Yep. So, yep. And, and a week under his belt. So if they're going to, if they're going to, if they're going to be able to catch their feet, it's going to be next week or that might be too late for them. Now, is BC Lions fandom going to be as stoked and there and present for Vernon Adams against the Stamps? In the I, hope so. I, I'd hope they would give them the benefit of the doubt. Go out there. That, that would be sweet. Because Vernon really... Adams plays fun football and he's 
about as local as it gets, Eastern Washington and Oregon, go see them. They've got that Pacific Northwest connection. Uh, right. Okay. Um, it should be fun this week. I don't, I don't know if we'll have it. Well, this first game should be close. I think this first, this first game is going to be close, right? The Outsiders is going to be a close game, right? It might be a close. If it's close, Edmonton's got a shot. But if anybody's blowing anybody out, it's the Riders walking all over Edmonton. Like taking out two, week, two weeks and like a full season worth of frustrations is just putting up like 40 or something. That could be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I might see that. Well, hopefully we'll see some close games this week. I don't know. We we will definitely be interested. That's for sure. This uh, week feels felt too easy in Pickham for me. So one game is going to go completely off the rails. Elks, the Elks, dude, I'm telling you, this is the week. This is the week. They're not playing at home. <laughs> as long as they ain't uh, the bomber game, I'm fine with whatever happens. <laughs> Right, you don't bet these things. All right, so let's put a bow on it and wrap up this episode of the Rouge White Blue CFL podcast. For my co-host, Joe Pritchard, I'm Oz Davis. Enjoy the game. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.